0: Cool. hello internet my name is sean michael patrick thompson the host of drink to the past also known as spammo man uh and uh yeah we already did the ubiquitous opening monologue on youtube so you missed that five seconds worth of Uh, exclusive content if you're not joining us on our live audience. But that's all right. We love you just the same. Uh, So welcome, audio listeners, as well, if you're choosing to check us in that way. So anyways, uh, Chris, you might have noticed that instead of my actual face, you are seeing a Discord image that is my profile picture, which is a selfie I took in Wind Waker HD with Goma. You see Goma in the background there. I... Mostly just see Toon Link's face, but uh, yeah. I, I guess that yeah, is going. I kind of see background. Goma's eyeball glowing on the right side there. But uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so today is special, as we said. Uh, yesterday was my birthday, so I'm in my birthday suit. Are you ready to see me in
1: my birthday suit? I am not ready to see you in your birthday suit.
0: Here I am in my birthday suit, because I wear a T-shirt and a hat on my birthday every year. And in fact that is what that, I wear almost every day of the year.
1: That is uh, a uh, better that, than that did you. Well, I was really hoping you wouldn't be naked on camera. that, <laughs> that that's You know, I thought about it just
0: <laughs> I mean, it's you only see the top half of me. I thought that might be funny. But then I was like, yeah, I don't want <laughs> to. It get, is only a
1: It is only a male nipple.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into chandering something stupid. So I am going to actually show you the ingredients I'm mixing here live, and it's going to be absolutely balls-tastic ridiculous. Um, So first off, we're starting with some coffee here, because uh, basically uh, the story behind this cocktail is I invented it 15 minutes ago when I was looking at all the weird stuff people gave me for my birthday, which wasn't a whole ton, but... some stuff, and I made myself coffee for my birthday because I like coffee. So, anyways, so that's that's where the coffee came from. So we got got a little bit of coffee here, and uh, my mom brought over a little cake. So I got I got a piece of cake, which I'm just gonna put right right into the cocktail here. Oh no!
2: Oh.
0: Okay. So there's okay. The, there's coffee in there. There's cake in the coffee now. And Can't be worse than the my steak. Dad got me an online order, so I've got some uh, crackin' here. Gonna put some kraken in the cake coffee, and then, of course, my brother has inexplicably started a tradition where every year on my birthday he leaves a six-pack on my porch and leaves. And uh, this year is my beer of the week: uh, milk stout nitro from Left Hand Brewery, which I believe both of us have probably had on the podcast.
1: Uh, oh yeah, that, I mean, Left Hand. I drink Left Hand beers probably more than any other beer honestly so
0: this is pretty good um but this one the packaging says shamrocked uh version or something for a limited time so i'm not sure if it's like green or what i haven't actually i i drank one earlier but i wanted to surprise myself on the podcast so i drank it straight out of the bottle so this this might be like green beer or something and I'm, i'm not really sure can't really see it looks. it's dark here. It looked it looked regular stout color. So anyways, there's a little yeah. stout in there. And of course, uh, there's a technique uh in fine cocktail crafting that they call muddling, which I do not do because I am just a schmuck who does not have a muddler, so I'm instead going to just smash it with a fork. It, you you let you let us know how that tastes. All right, so coffee, chocolate cake, kraken, and a bit of milk stout. You know, chocolate milk and uh, some spiced rum, and th- th- those are kind of the main flavors of this thing, and and coffee.
1: So coffee, Co- spice, chocolate, and chocolate milk, coffee, spiced rum, and stout. You know, I'm like. That this might a,
0: not be terrible. Yeah, this has a Let's chance see. of not Let's being see. terrible. But th- I think what's really might kill it is going to be the chunkiness from the literally putting a piece of cake in it. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. The chunkiness is weird, but actually, that's not
2: bad.
1: Hmm. I, I had a feeling the flavors would go well together. Yeah. If I had a like,
0: like if I had a blender, I think this would be better.
1: Yeah, just I mean I whole... have a
0: blender, but it's way the hell over in my kitchen. I don't yeah, want to you, you're not gonna a
1: podcast. That's that's you're really not gonna fun. get up and let me ramble about absolutely nothing on the podcast. Who knows what topic I would get on that yeah. would uh, get us right. demonetized,
0: <laughs> demonetized as though we're popular enough to have as though we're yeah. Anyways, yeah, okay. So now I'm gonna start playing some Octopath Traveler, and Chris is gonna talk about the news and booze. Which uh, which guy should I start with?
1: Uh. I would say Primrose, unless you've already started
0: with Primrose. Primrose is who I started with my first time through, uh, so this will be my
1: second time through.
0: I have beat all of the uh, main storylines once, but never the final boss,
1: so... Start... I, I don't know her name, because I, I still haven't played Octopath Traveler, but start with that priest chick, I guess? Uh, Ophelia. Ophelia. Yeah, she is really awesome. Oh, really? That's an unfortunate name. Is it? Uh, but I guess before we even do news and booze, yeah, because, you know, she was like Hamlet's love interest, who also went crazy and died. Right. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everybody went crazy and died in that play. This is... <laughs> not quite a fair True. comparison. <laughs> but uh, Fair yeah. enough. Alright, yeah, I'll check uh, Triophilia for start. But,
1: uh, other than Octopath really, Traveler not a bad there.
0: character among the lot. Like, wherever you start, it's, it's gonna be a good time. Um, she's a little less combat effective than, uh, at least, the way I built her. So... I don't know, how, uh, this might be interesting as my first character, um, so, yeah. Because you'll have to, because you'll
1: be stuck with her. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Sean, other than uh, Octopath Traveler, which you're playing right now, what what you been playing?
0: Well, you know what, I actually have a list, if you will scroll down to our video game topic, so we'll give you a little preview of that, uh, because our video game topic is going to be how many uh, games are, is it like, we're, we're gonna kind of talk about how many games you usually play at once, so I, I literally have a list of all of the games I've played in the past week, starting from the point last week when I streamed Undertale, because Chris wasn't here. So uh, yeah. you can actually read off that list, and I'll tell you a little bit about uh, the, the major ones that I've... So,
1: so number one here is, you actually recorded the play session for this, so I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but Undertale, yeah. which is a game that I is near and dear to my heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, let's see, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I've also been playing that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, i played a little bit more of that. I've been still frustrated that they haven't fixed the glitch with handheld mode, where it will just sometimes push your buttons for you and not take inputs, which is a super strange glitch that only happens in handheld mode.
1: That is very odd. Uh, let's see. Demon's Souls.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the remake
1: from, of the PS3 game era. Yeah.
0: So that's that's been kind of interesting. I like... Uh, I have never played the original Demon Souls, and I've very seldom touched any. I played Dark Souls three with a buddy very briefly, uh, and that's all the experience I have with like any Souls games. Um, so it's been kind of interesting. It's I think the big thing that makes people think that it's hard is is that it's somewhat tedious actually because every time you die you have to go way back to the starting point of the level basically and there's no checkpoints within so and just based on a lot of repetition
1: and just based on like my tiny experience of playing dark souls is that was not an issue in dark souls Mm -hmm. so because i
0: think dark souls put in more checkpoints because you got like the campfires every so often or something right yeah, yeah yeah So that's a bit of an issue here cuz it's, it's it reminds me of playing the old Ninja Gaiden where like the like mook enemies and whatever aren't super difficult but until you like know how to fight every one of them it's somewhat difficult to progress through the level but once you get once you get there it's not that bad Uh, but then every time you have to start at the start of the level, go through all the 800 mooks till you get to the boss, and then fight the boss. And even if you die on the boss, you have to go way back to the start of the level. So it's, it's kind of that sort of difficulty, where it's, I think it's more tedious than it is difficult. Uh, and so far it's not grinding on me too bad, but occasionally I'm like, I just wanna have a checkpoint, Damn it! It's like, but... Yeah, it's it's an interesting time. It's it's interesting to revisit, and it's graphically, I think the most impressive thing that I've played on PS5 so far. Uh, Just the lighting in this game is really just fantastic. Um, All of the everything you see is running at a nice smooth sixty FPS the whole time, and running in native four K as far as I can tell. So I, I think it's yeah, it's
1: just glorious to look at <clears throat> it is a it, it's it's one of those games it's like kind, kind of what i heard about it is i'm like dark souls is definitely the better iteration but mm-hmm. uh I, I've, I've heard good things about it i guess is what i've heard mm-hmm. Uh, It says here you've also been playing Spider-Man Miles Morales.
0: Yeah, I played that briefly today. I just got that for my birthday yesterday, so thank you, wife. That's what you have a wife for, is so that they get you video games sometimes.
1: So Um, they get you Spider-Man. And also occasionally
0: other stuff. Yeah, it's... uh, I've only played it a little bit, but it's already kind of built on what the original PS4 Spider-Man was doing, and then it's, like, changing the combat system up enough to make it... So I think it's going to be an interesting time. It feels like I'm kind of continuing, like... Because basically all of the skill tree abilities that you have to get in the original Spider-Man, you just kind of start with them in Miles Morales. And so then you get these new unique powers to Miles. Um... So I think that's kind of cool. Huh. Really, kind of differentiates it enough to make it an interesting
1: time. So. so, so it's it's really is kind of its own. It really is kind of a adding on. It's yeah. not just saying expansion pack, c- kind of. It doesn't extra set of like, maps. It is kind or of whatever. more
0: of the same so far. But I'm only like an hour in, so it's like. It's more of the same, but it's also doing enough of its own thing that I think it could be a really unique kind of game. It's I, I think so far it's a very promising sequel.
1: Okay. Uh, it also says here Astro's Playroom. Yeah, Is that's a
0: free fun. game that comes with your PS5 pre-installed. Uh, which is actually kind of cool because it shows you all the shit that you can do with the PS5 controller. It's basically a tech demo, um, and I've uh, had a decent time with that. It's a pretty fun little platformer that also shows off what the hell the PS5 controller can do. Huh which is also kind of funny because most of the features in the DualSense were there in the DualShock 4, and just nobody on PS4, none of the developers gave a shit. And it's like every now and then, like, one of the games, like uh, The Last of Us would have you shake the controller to shake up your flashlight to charge it. And, like, I think that's the only game I played with motion controls at all. But it's got just as powerful a motion sensor as, like, the Switch Pro controller. It's just this weird, unused feature. And it's got the touchpad, which is also very seldom used.
1: They've kind of shoehorned it into fewer things. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Ghost of Tsushima. You've been talking about that one.
0: Yeah, I've talked about that plenty. It's also just great on PS5 because everything loads really fast and it runs at 60 FPS all the fucking time. So
1: it's great. Immortals Phoenix Rising that is a very awkward name
0: yeah my uh, brother got me that on xbox he like gifted it to me for my birthday so I've played that a bit it's very very hard not to make Breath of the Wild comparisons with this as a lot of people have made um it's got so many different things that you can tell are clearly inspired by, if not straight up copy and pasted from Breath of the Wild. You have a little stamina meter, you can climb anything, you glide off of giant things as you go. Uh it's it's got enough of its own characteristics to where it's it doesn't feel like a ripoff, but it's I feel like at the end of it I'm just gonna be like this did so many cool things but breath of the wild did them first and and it's, so it it's will almost feel of the like... it's dollar store wild it, a little bit it but the story is actually really fun cuz uh it starts out with like zeus comes to prometheus cuz this ancient demon has awakened and uh he needs prometheus's help to put it back in to hell or whatever and prometheus tells zeus this story of how it all this came to pass And it involves this character Phoenix, which is your main character, uh, that you kind of run around through this big open world with, uh, and like the entire time in the background, you'll just hear Zeus and Prometheus talking to each other, talking about this story. And, and Zeus will be like, Oh, this part is boring. Skip past it. You know, (laughs) it's just (laughs) wacky banter in the background the whole time. It's funny. It, I've, I haven't played a game this funny in a long time. Uh I think the last good funny game I played was West of Loathing. And it's not like wow. that funny, but it's Okay. It's the first like good comedy game that I've played since West of Loathing, I think. And it's been a while it, since I talked about that.
1: Yeah, and West the Loathing. Man, was that really four years ago?
0: Um, I'm not sure because I think I got it I think I got it two years ago when Limited Run did the physical version for Switch. So Because right, I didn't actually know it had come out until Limited Run was like, hey, West of Loathing, and I, I saw the art style and I instantly knew that it was related to Kingdom of Loathing that I hadn't thought about in like a decade before that. And I was like, I don't know what the hell this is, but I'm fucking buying it.
1: <laughs> and it was, it was pretty great.
0: Yeah, all the spittoons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> got the, uh, got the stain on my hand.
0: I didn't get all that far. I got I got a long ways into that game, but not not all the way through it. I should go back to that game one of these days.
1: That was, that you, did you there. ever meet Emperor Norton of uh, San Francisco? Doesn't sound. Familiar. You never you That's never true. got Norton's antivirus when he threw uh, some you uh, particles in your eyes. Nice. <laughs> Uh, Among Us.
0: Uh, yeah, I played Among Us with you yesterday. Yes! (laughs) Because, uh, I got done with D&D, and I saw you and Josh were playing Among Us and Nick on, uh, Discord, and I messaged you. I was like, hey, you you guys playing Among Us still? And you were like, yeah, okay. And so we played a little bit of Among Us, and then some Dota 2, which is the next game there.
1: Yeah. And then we played a bot game of Dota 2 together.
0: yeah. So that was kinda a, interesting i killed 3 guys i'm so cool
1: yeah i'm like i'm i'm not i'm not ready to foist us upon real people
2: mm mm-hmm. mhm
0: one day i'll get there maybe probably
1: maybe. one one <laughs> yeah if you if, if you play with, with us it regularly it like,
0: play 8 million games at once
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but we'll get to that yeah
1: yeah dota dota 2's the one i the big one on the list that i've been playing just a bunch of man i've been on a f- winning streak versus real people and i don't know if that's just because they started to ban smurfs or uh just if they the game is decided that we're all noobs and smashing me up against people who are actually like way worse than me and josh but uh we're like killing it nice years. i suppose it is little wonder. i've never uh, lost a game
0: if that helps which is to say that I've been on your team every time against bots and we've kicked their ass.
1: <laughs> yeah and I'm like like bots are like a good place I've and I feel like they they just recently released an update that made the bots a lot smarter Oh, cool uh, which isn't to say that they're smart, but it is to say that uh, they actually do sensible things now they play more like they play closer to real people than they used to mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of a bigger fan of them now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you have No More Heroes. Is that the original No More More Heroes Uh, on there?
2: Yeah,
0: technically uh, the Switch port, but uh, it is the original No More Heroes that I've been playing through uh because i want to beat no more heroes one and two again before no more heroes three comes out so i've been slowly ticking away at that um that's that's another good funny game as well which uh so i guess travis strikes again i might have played since west of loathing um but yeah uh if you haven't heard me talk on and on about travis touchdown then Come on. You probably I, haven't been listening to me on the podcast. Have you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am kind of ashamed uh, at this point that I haven't played the. Uh, I never played the original No More Heroes. I I had a Wii. I had like all the opportunity to play it. I just never mm-hmm. picked it up.
0: You want to borrow it? Uh, I bought it for weeks. Right here in this cupboard. <laughs> I
1: I don't even know if my Wii still works. I might I might p- have to pick up the Switch per- version though. If yeah. I the Switch version I,
0: that's isn't what I very want expensive. Buy. Uh, it's, like, 20 bucks for it, so it's, like, totally worth it. And uh, Limited Run right now is still offering pre-orders for the physical version, and I still want to get it, but I'm still, like, ah, money. <laughs> so it's, like, do I want to buy a game that I already own twice? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> I want all the physical shit in the special edition. But the, the special edition of both... I would hate to get the special edition of one and not the other. So I'm, like, I feel like if I get it I have to spend 140 bucks on the double special edition pack and 140 bucks is not something I really want to spend on two games I already own but it's something I kind of want to spend on two games I already own Of course
1: but well let's talk after the podcast I have some ideas all right <laughs> Great Archbishop in here. uh let's see. Ooh, this one's a good one. This one is one I haven't played in a while myself, but it uh, brings back some good childhood memory. Shadow of the Colossus.
0: Yeah. Schurter, um, Schurter. So I tried out... Uh, I wanted to try out the PlayStation 5 game streaming because or not not game streaming but uh it's kind of game stream you're you're based uh what's it called remote play you so you hook up your console to the internet and then you can connect to it on your smartphone and play games streamed to your smartphone from your console so it's technically streaming but it's not like from a server somewhere it has so if you're playing from a disc it literally has to be in your system at home and i didn't try this i was going to try this out of the house but i didn't get the chance But I tried it just in my house off of my Wi-Fi, and it was, like, it was playable, uh, streaming from PS5 to my phone just in my house, which, because I I tried it on PS4, the remote play, and it was okay on PS4, but it was not great. And a couple of times in Final Fantasy VII Remake and in Spider-Man, it got, like, really choppy frame rate and stuff. Final Fantasy VII was really hard on it. It, it... (laughs) trying to stream it, like, my PC started chugging along and and just, like, everything got stupidly out of... uh, It was, like, I don't know how many P it was, but it was less than 100 P. Mm Like It was, like, giant-ass chunks of pixel. I was, like, God. So
1: it was looking a lot like the original Final Fantasy VII.
0: Right. I mean... If if the original Final Fantasy 7 was like had pixels that were 3 times the size and you were looking at it through a jar of pickles.
1: Yes. <laughs> um Let's see. Let, let's see if I can find the original model of Cloud.
2: mm mm-hmm. it kill you to cook a meal or dust
1: the book? I'm just uh... He, he does kind of look like he's made out of cardboard. Just post that in our uh, little Discord chat here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that aside, Pokemon Go.
0: Yeah, um, I play Pokemon Go semi-regularly. I bring out my phone, just like if I'm at the store and I know there's a Starbucks... Then I'm just like, yeah, I'll just wipe it, get some items. Sometimes I'll open it up and battle a Team Rocket balloon or whatever. Uh, so it's it's just a decent time sink.
1: Okay. But of course, father. That, that's a a game I once downloaded and then like never really played.
0: Yeah, I think I think we were all together and you like restarted your app three times or whatever so you could catch a Pikachu, and you caught a Pikachu as your starter. And then never played again?
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something I would do. And uh, last yeah, not, but not least, uh, Octopath Traveler. Yeah,
0: so I'm playing that right now, which is one of our pieces of news and booze down there somewhere. Uh, Octopath Traveler is now on Game Pass! So if Ooh. you're on Game Pass, then you can get it on Xbox. Now, it's also just available on Xbox. If you don't want to pay for Game Pass, you can just buy it on Xbox or on PC, of course. It's available on PC through um, at least the Xbox store and probably other means. I I don't
1: know. It's, it is also on Steam. I have seen it floating on Steam, and I've been thinking to myself, do I really want to start an JRPG? Because... If it's like one to start, uh, it's like a sub.
0: Definitely one of them. So maybe you'll. I, I'm I'm in like all the dialogue here, and I'm like trying to loosely pay attention to it to refamiliarize myself. But I'm I'm like this is actually probably not a great.
1: So in addition to those other games B and S, I talked about, what does that we mean?
0: I can skip this cutscene if I press B S. Backspace. B and S. Oh, backspace. Maybe. Yes, it is. Okay. So I can actually get to some... uh, Oh, there's another... Yeah. Prepare for the next service at once.
1: Okay. Uh, So what I would say is, in addition to the other games we talked about that we both played together this week, there is one game I started playing, again, that I haven't touched in a very long time, uh, that I I bought the PC version of, actually, Mm -hmm. because I originally had the DS version, uh, Mm -hmm. which... Doesn't have voice acting or whatever, and so this version, PC version, actually has like all the voice acting and like better music. Uh, Disgaea, ooh, neat. Of all things, yeah. So in in terms of taking like giant games and picking them up to play, uh, Disgaea is one of those enormous games where you can get through probably the story campaign in like ten to fifteen hours, and then the post game combat. Tent can last you literally hundreds of hours.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Grinding up to level one million or whatever.
1: Yeah, grinding up to level one hundred eighty thousand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I I know how exactly how many levels you can get to one hundred eighty
0: nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that sounds
1: fun. Yeah. So,
0: shall we get into the news
1: and booze? Yes, let's. Uh, I believe you have a... Are are you going to play your uh, Hammered Bros song here?
0: I gotta gotta play the. I almost forgot this. When you were grabbing your beer, I was like, Oh shit, I forgot the bagpipes. That'd be awkward. So yeah, we're putting more bagpipes in the podcast. So uh, here's our news and booze theme song.
1: I gotta say that is a lot easier on the ears than uh, standing next to you while you're playing the real thing. <laughs> Why
0: would you have experience with that in the past week? Oh yeah. Yeah. Happy wedding to our <laughs> buddy Josh. Uh, we were we were both at his wedding this week, so. Yeah. It's interesting to actually be out of the house for once.
1: Yeah, that press was. a J
0: in front of a townsperson. If I use my controller, will it take? Uh, I can press X. haha. I can see what it does
1: on. <laughs> Yeah, and it has pretty seamless uh, swap swap over there, too. Yeah. So, yeah, congrats, congrats uh, Josh and Kate.
0: Guide the wayward child, all right.
1: Then uh, on to our news and booze. Uh, let's see. Daft Punk poster spotted in a game screenshot of Splatoon 3 from Koro Koro.
0: What? Yeah, I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, so Koro Koro, if you don't know, is a Japanese magazine. Uh, that covers all sorts of Nintendo stuff. I think the magazine is owned by Nintendo. Uh, I, I don't know all the details. Uh, but I I regularly see, like, when there's a new Pokemon game coming up, Korokoro is the place where the screenshots and stuff pop up first and artwork for the new starter Pokemon and shit like that. So, um, th- but they, they cover a lot of Nintendo stuff for some reason. I, I don't know, uh, but it's... It's a, it's a Nintendo based magazine, I think. And it, um, it's, uh, hey, I got a, I got an achievement. There's achievements in it now. Weird. <laughs> I forgot what achievements were like.
1: Cause I, yeah. I guess Nintendo is the only company that doesn't really yeah too much in the Nintendo? way of achievements. Huh? Yes, Hello. Yeah. Okay. Um, you gotta love the you gotta love the voice acting of the random NPCs in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, did the rumor come out? Is Daft Punk alive again? And also, yeah, and
0: theoretically, like if they were just doing music for Splatoon three or or working with Nintendo for some reason, then they might have like pre recorded it or something. It, it might already be in the works like a long time ago i would really love to see some daft punk music especially if it's like original music made for splatoon 3 that would be super awesome um if if that's what this means which i i have no reason to believe that that's what this means but that is like the dream there also i've been kind of looking for a reason to shoehorn in a conversation about daft punk breaking up because i know chris and i are both huge fans of daft punk and like this is like fucking like mind-blowing that they broke up it turns out they
1: released one final album but you have to buy the splatoon 3 ost to hear it right
0: (laughs) That would be fucking (laughs) hilarious But uh, (laughs) that would
1: be a great send off.
0: Yeah. Um, So whatever the case is, uh, I think it's just neat to see that this random screenshot of Splatoon three has a Daft Punk poster in it. And I'm just I hope that it means something involving Daft Punk working with Nintendo for music in Splatoon three, whatever that entails, even if it's just like aerodynamic or some shit comes on in one of the stages, that would be great. Daft Punk's music would fit the energy of Splatoon so well uh, for, for a lot of their songs. I think that would be really awesome.
1: That would probably mean I would have to go out of my way to pick up Splatoon 3.
0: You don't play. It it, it is.
1: It is funny how many games I will pick up just based on how strong their music is. Yeah.
0: Um, If you If you want a game with good music, also right here, Octopath Traveler is literally my favorite video game soundtrack of all time. I fucking love the music in this game.
1: Okay. You know what? I'm 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 going to buy it right now.
0: All right. Fucking do it, man. Alright.
1: Octopath Traveler. Oh, it's 50% off right now, so I'm Hell picking it, it up is? at a good time. That is awesome.
0: Yeah. So apparently it's 50% off on Steam. I, I assume you're looking on Steam. I, I am looking on Steam. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, listeners, right. go check out this game if you haven't. Or if you've got Game Pass, then check it out.
1: <laughs> All right, I picked it up.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Hey, I found a person. Oh, that's the person I'm looking for, I think. Mother.
1: All right, Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 gets remastered. Uh, Oh, dream. Yeah, the
0: remaster was already announced, but now there's a... It gets a release
1: date of May 25th. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so uh, did you play any of the Shin Megami Tenseis?
1: Uh, No, it was always the kind of game that should have really appealed to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was always kind of interested in, but I never had, like, either... Either I never had the disposable income as a kid, or I never had the right console or whatever. And right. then as an adult, it was a, uh, uh it was like, like Persona
0: eighty-five games, and where do you jump in? <laughs>
1: like kind of the, k- kind of my understanding of it, just being, you know, someone looking from the outside was like, uh, Pokemon, but instead they're like elements of like people's psyche and or like spirits mm-hmm. and literally one of the final bosses is god uh, mm-hmm. and you, you gotta go kill him i mean it's a uh, good
0: jrpg if if the final boss is not a god it's not really a jrpg that's why yeah. gen 4 of pokemon is the only real uh <laughs> jrpg pokemon because <laughs> you're just fighting <laughs> god at the end like i am yeah. the pokemon that created everything what the fuck There's a so uh, God.
1: So, yeah, I'm like,
0: yeah, um, I've heard lots of good things about this game lately because of the remaster just being talked about a little bit. And uh, so it it seems neat. Um, I've only played one Shin Megami Tensei, which was called Strange Journey, which was one for the original DS And I bought it because I was in the game store and it said it came with a soundtrack CD, literally in the DS game box. And I was like, okay, sweet, free music. (laughs) And uh, the soundtrack isn't bad. Uh, It's, it's not great listening music. So the, and the CD is a weird selection of it. So it's, it's a weird CD, but I still have that CD. And I might still have that game card somewhere, or I might have traded it in, and I don't remember. Because the, the game itself was weird, and later I was reading a, an article that somebody posted somewhere that was like... What's the best place to jump into the Shin Megami Tensei series? And Strange Journey was like second to last. It's like, this game is weird. It's mechanically strange. The story is weird. And if you're not a big fan of the series, don't even like bother playing it. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Because I was interested the whole time. But it, it really did have a kind of a strange story. And it, it was kind of Pokemon-like, like you were saying. Because you're traveling around and, and capturing these demons to fight each other with. Um, yeah so it it wasn't a bad game but it was super weird and it it's also apparently one of the harder games in the series i remember it was just like the the start of it was like not that bad but after a certain point it was just like every battle i felt was kicking my ass and i was like i think that's when i put it down so
1: it's, i think <laughs> I, I do remember the older games being infamous for their difficulty too Mm-hmm. Also a fun fact, uh, I think Catherine was set in the same universe, if anyone remembers that game, so...
0: I'm vaguely aware of it, because I remember when it got a Switch port.
1: <laughs> Did you really?
0: Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing about it, and and the box art was, like, very suggestive, but apparently it's a puzzle game or something?
1: It's, it's a puzzle game, uh... It's, like, apparently it's, like, Q-Bert, but also you're dealing with, like, adult relationship issues. Huh. It, it's It's a yeah, weird game.
0: I, I remember, like, somebody described it something like that, and I was like, that is so strange. And I was, like, interested, but not, like, enough to actually pick it up. So, eventually, maybe, I don't know. I'm not, like, disinterested. Yeah. I, I'm actually oddly more interested now that I know that it's, like, related to Shin Megami Tensei. Because uh, I... I remembered it was published by Atlas and I generally like Atlas stuff, but it was like, it's got the, what the fuck actually is this?
1: (laughs) It's, it's got, it's set in like the same universe and it's got a lot of the same, like mystical elements going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I, once upon a time when I was unemployed, I watched the cutscenes out of everything of that game. Uh, and I was like, this is this is a weird game. Mm-hmm. Uh, next news and booze. New Game Pass games coming soon include Octopath Traveler, Undertale, Star Wars Squadrons, and Outriders, among several others.
0: Yeah, so um, Star Wars Squadrons is kind of cool because it's a fairly new. It's on EA Plus or whatever that merged with Game Pass, so now if you. You get all the EA games, too. So uh, I think that's kind of neat. I already bought it on PS4, so I'm like, I'm fine. But, you know, it's yeah. like, it's neat that it's there. If you haven't played it and you like Star Wars Space Flight Sims, this is a really good one for uh, the gameplay. The story, I literally couldn't give less of a shit about. I'm like, it's not awful. It'll get you through the thing, but really, you're just there to blow up spaceships.
1: And it's, Well, I'm like, if you had to choose gameplay or story in a game... I would usually choose
0: gameplay. Gameplay literally all of the time.
1: Yeah. Really?
0: Like, like I'm like, the one guy in the world that likes Triforce Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> the only
1: one. Well, I'm like, I, I, I've never got the thing where people are like, oh, this, this game is, it's so meaningful, it has such a good story, and you're like, yeah, but it doesn't have gameplay. Yeah, it's so not it's not really fun. a game. Why isn't it just yeah, a movie? Yeah, I would I'd rather watch a movie. Yeah. If you're gonna have an interesting story, a movie is a better way of going about it. Uh, not if you're going to have an interesting story and have that be the only thing. I should say, interesting stories in games that take advantage of it being a game are like, yeah, you know, that's still a good thing. Yeah,
0: this one has eight interesting stories.
1: Yeah, and you you get to go on, you get to travel them like a path. Yeah. As if there like were a, eight.
0: Actually, it's a very non-linear game, so that's that's kind of nice, actually. I dig it.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, new, next piece. On average, according to Sarah Bond from Microsoft, Game Pass subscribers spend 20% more time playing games, play 30% more games, play 40% more genres and crucially spend about 20% more on gaming overall from an interview with Forbes. Yeah, I so, thought so uh, as a
0: kind of an interesting couple of statistics there that Game Pass is actually like it's got me to branch out a little bit. I've like I've played several games that I probably wouldn't have bought but I was interested in. Like I tried Injustice 2, I tried uh, Spiritfarer. Uh both were like they were decent in their own right. Um not exactly my kind, of, I, I'm not big into super technical fighters, which kind of seemed what Injustice was, and uh, I really liked the story and, and the the art style in Spiritfarer, but the gameplay loop just is, like, a little monotonous for me. I, I didn't care for it all that much, but I did go out of my way and try them, and I could easily see, like, how people are just, like, exploring more different things, so I thought this was... and. I think the last statistic that people are actually spending more on gaming from who play on Game Pass. I thought that was kind of interesting because I have myself considered like because when they take stuff off of Game Pass, they're usually like, hey, this is going away from Game Pass, but we'll also put it on sale. So since you're a subscriber, if you want to buy it now, you'll get like five bucks off or something. And so a couple of times I've been like, "Ooh, I should do that because I I want to finish a Plague Tale and they took that off of Game Pass and I... Uh, and, um, also what's the other one that I was going to, I thought about buying when they took it off was, uh, the touring test was the first game I actually played on game pass because I wanted to compare it to stadia and it plays so much better than stadia.
1: <laughs> Cause it was a much better implemented service. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Well, I'm like, I, I guess whatever, whatever reservations I might hold about game pass it does seem to be like it's a successful business strategy i I assume that this isn't just selection bias that some of that some of these increases in terms of like spending aren't like self-selection they're actually like these people are spending more than they normally would which is what a business probably wants to see
0: yeah because i was like I've been a little afraid of this Game Pass thing and what it might affect the how it might affect the industry cuz especially since like I'm trying out like a lot of indie games and stuff like I tried Hollow Knight, I tried Spiritfarer like I said. Uh, a lot of people are probably going to try Undertale now because it's free on Game Pass if you're a subscriber. You just check out Undertale. That'll be awesome for a ton of people. And I was like especially for these indie developers uh how much are they getting from game pass revenue as opposed to from people buying the game and and maybe they're making more maybe they're not i don't know but it, it it's also that it's a different form of advertising as well because like if i try spirit Farer on game pass and i say this is kind of cool but it's not my thing other people might be like hey that sounds like it's my thing so i'll check it out and so a lot of word of mouth i think gets around and as well Like, people might. I think people that do like it on Game Pass, if it's taken off, they might buy. Or even if they just like it enough that, like, Spiritfarer is a game that's on a lot of other consoles, too. Like, they try it on Game Pass and they're like, oh, this is all right. I'm going to buy it on Switch because I'd rather play it on Switch. Something like that. So I think it's got. It's, it's actually doing more good for the industry than I than I kind of thought it would.
1: And if it's... If what they're primarily seeing an increase in revenue from is people going out and buying games after trying them on Game Pass, then that actually does away with a lot of my reservations about it, which is that, uh, you know, making some putting games behind a streaming subscription-based paywall SaaS model, which sucks ass... Mm-hmm. It's the SAS, uh, the S is silent. Mm-hmm. The the first S, not not the last two
2: yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got a drink for that one. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, I'm done drinking my cake, so I'm gonna get in my beer, my shamrocked milk stout, which I don't know what that means, but
2: uh... yeah.
1: So yeah. Looks like beer. Seem sounds good to me.
0: Still dark in this corner, so I don't think it's green yeah.
1: it doesn't no it's it just, does not
0: I'm, I'm sad that it wasn't green because one of the things that i hate about saint patrick's day is that i am totally the kind of guy who would just like buy a beer because it's green except 90 percent of green beer is coors light and i'm just i'm even if it's green i'm not gonna do it <laughs>
1: Just not gonna. Uh,
0: So like, occasionally when craft breweries are like, oh, we dyed our IPA green, something like that, then I'll then I'll fucking get the green beer because it's St. Patrick's Day. It's like I'm into that kind of stupid dad's gimmick, but like most of the time it's like even craft breweries a lot are just like, oh yeah, our our light lager or our Kolsch or something is green now, and I'm just like, it's still just not really my style of beer, and they're not. If it's a craft beer, I'll be more likely to do it. But most of the time when I'm like playing bars and stuff around St. Patrick's Day time playing bagpipes and shit, I'm just like, it's usually a green beer, except I don't want it to be a Coors. Like if they made green Guinness, I would buy the shit out of it.
1: They could make green Guinness year round.
0: They could. (laughs) and I would buy the shit out of it year round.
1: It's it's, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Chad Stahelski. I think that's how you pronounce that. Director of the John Wick twil- Twilogy Trilogy is directing a yeah, Ghost of Chris. Tsushima movie.
0: Yeah, so I think this is kind of cool, especially since Ghost of Tsushima is, like, somewhat based on uh, the old Akira Kurosawa films, like Seven Samurai and that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think a Ghost of Tsushima movie would be really super awesome. Um And the fact that it's directed by the dude that did John Wick, which I haven't seen any of those movies, but I know they're just kind of ball to the wall action. I think think that might be a a decent fit. I think that could be cool.
1: And uh, having not seen John Wick or played Ghost of Tsushima, I'll just have to wait and see myself. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Square Enix Presents... Yeah, life is so there's strange a bunch of
0: different little announcements in here if you want to just kind of go through rapid fire on them and then if there's any one that sticks out to you you want to like talk about then then you can, can all right taken aside but uh, there was there's kind of a lot because the square enix presents was just a uh, square enix nintendo direct <laughs> basically it uh, it was a okay presentation overall uh but go ahead and read through them kind,
1: kind of the same thing about. yeah Life is Strange, True Colors, coming out in September to Google Stadia, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows, PC, uh, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Wow, Google Stadia is still a thing? It is, uh, you're me. Life is Strange 1 and 2, getting remasters. Uh, okay. Forspoken, coming 2022 to PS5 and PC, announced last year as Project Athia. Let's see. Balen Wonderworld trailer. Uh, And at a separate time, they also announced Balen Wonderworld will be getting a day one patch to fix movement and camera controls based off of demo feedback. Okay. uh, I think that's
0: kind of weird because, like, movement and camera controls are, like...
1: Very core.
0: All of the things in a platformer, right? (laughs) Like, all of them.
1: So... You, doing... you
0: fucked up so bad that you need a day one patch to fix the core mechanic behind your genre? What I I would not
1: I would is. not buy this game yeah.
0: based off of that
1: information alone.
0: It's so weird. And it's like I'm not super interested in this like anyways. Uh it's done by the one of the dudes that was doing that did Nights into Dreams or something is directing it. Uh, what's his name Yuji naka. Yuji naka yeah um so like I, I feel like uh, there's, there's a crowd one that short we still but this is just like a weird I don't know I'm I'm not I wasn't that into nights into dreams like it wasn't terrible but this just looks like kind of weird and boring and I'm just like maybe if I had like 80 pounds of acid to drink before
1: I, I'm gonna you curing that Yuji naka is involved I'm like all right I might follow up and see, like, what the reviews are like. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, otherwise, into into yeah, I was big into Nights into Dreams. I, I, I was also, I I, I like I love that game. And then uh, you and several other people were like, why? <laughs>
0: I'm like, it's not a bad game. I, I just don't understand the point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's like,
1: fair enough. It's just uh, kind of weird. Maybe that's why it appealed to me. I don't Maybe. know.
0: You, you uh, did give Black... a best man speech this week about how you and Josh connect
1: over nonsense. That's true. <laughs> I did do that. Uh, Black Panther and Hawkeye coming to Marvel's Avengers as DLC. Yeah,
0: I, I thought this game was done, but apparently it's getting DLC. Huh. Nobody's talking. Maybe about they're it trying, a and nobody said anything good when it came out. So
1: they're just trying to ring out the last few drops there. Yeah, See guess. if they can get just a little more money.
0: So if you're into uh, Black Panther, maybe you should check it out. I mean, I like Black too- Panther and I like Hawkeye, but I'm just like, I don't know. After all the reviews and stuff, I'm just like, eh, whatever.
1: Yeah. Tomb Raider: Definitive Survivor Trilogy, a collection of all three reboot Tomb Raider games, currently available for 19.99 on PlayStation and Microsoft's online outlets, but will go up to 49.99 in two weeks.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like an introductory uh, sale, basically. Um, I expect it to go on sale for 20 bucks on every holiday and everything like that, too. Like, games do these okay. days. But I think it's cool that they're all three available in a collection. So uh, I thought yeah. about buying that, but I'm just like, I got too much shit in my backlog right now. So I'm like, I'll... Oh hold off on that especially since you know that's kind of our topic we were talking about so go on
1: and also apparently the deal is ps4 exclusive and you can't get it on ps5 I just need some fresh air.
0: yeah it seems that a- was an also a weird thing because i <laughs> i was looking at it and uh because i think i checked it out on my ps5 because i was thinking about buying it and it was like uh not available like i could buy each game individually but not the bundle and it would have been like way more expensive and I was like what the hell and I checked it out and it's like it's available on the PS4 store but not the PS5 so I don't know if you can get it like if you buy it online on the like PSN like website or something then maybe you can play it on PS5 or if you buy it on PS4 I mean PS4 games are compatible with ps5 so but then you're getting a technically inferior version and you might not get the actual ps5 version if they're making one i don't know so
1: it is interesting that this is kind of how they structured it i i'm not quite sure what to make of it Hmm. Uh, Just Cause Mobile. That, that, that's all that's written, is Just Cause Mobile. Oh, yeah,
0: they're making a Just Cause
1: mobile game. Um, yeah.
0: I have a Just Cause game, but I haven't played it. <laughs> that's what I know yeah. about Just Cause. You I, play I haven't game. played it.
1: I, I haven't played it either. I didn't realize
0: it was related to Square Enix. Uh,
1: Space Invaders coming to Android and iOS as some kind of uh, augmented reality game.
0: Yeah. So this is this is a weird announcement. It the they have the rights to Space Invaders? I
1: guess. Oh, look, I saved that. It. And it that's that's interesting because I'm also like, this is the one thing on this list that I'm like, oh, I kind of want to check that out.
0: Space Invaders on some sort of AR Sp- game?
1: <laughs> yeah, Space yeah. Invaders as an AR game on a phone. Yeah,
0: it's like it's kind of neat. I don't understand exactly how that works or what that means, but I might check it out like nobody's doing a ton with AR right now. So
1: yeah, Uh, let's see. All right. So that's all the Square Enix presents, although big Square news left out of this.
0: Yeah, there was there was totally other announcements from Square that were totally unrelated are left out of this whole trailer presents thing. And it's like, I feel like that was all their little shit. And then they drop this like Final Fantasy 7 bomb on us after that.
1: So Final Fantasy 7 Ever Crisis gets its first trailer and some new details. The game will have episodic content added and will let you play through every bit of Final Fantasy 7 media in one package once it is complete. This includes a more normal remake of the original Final Fantasy VII as well as somehow integrating Advent Children before Crisis, Crisis Core, and Dirgers Cerberus. Whoa. It is still planning a 2022 release on iOS and Android. Yeah, so uh, I'm
0: suddenly super interested in this. Uh, the trailer like looks like it's just like an HD remaster of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, but somehow it's going to start from the very beginning with the other stuff like Crisis Core and go all the way through like Dirge of and Advent Children in one game. But it's going to do so in like episodes that will release at regular increments that I assume since it's a mobile game, it'll be like five bucks an episode or 10 bucks an episode or something. So you'll have to pay for bits and pieces over time to get the whole thing. But since it's releasing bit by bit, I'm like, if it's a fun game to play, I'm absolutely going to pay all that. But I, like, if it's not fun, then I'm just going to be like, whatever. I'll wait for more remake part two. You know,
1: it, it is weird to me that the best, the most exciting two announcements were an afterthought at the end of the square announces and one that wasn't even in the square. announces.
0: You're right. This is so weird. Um, and yeah, and I'm not like, ordinarily into mobile games even but I'm gonna fucking play this shit when it comes out I'm just like all right more Final Fantasy 7 that's okay by me um I'm I, I feel like it's only downfall is that it's a mobile game and I feel like this would be ripe for like releasing on maybe once it's all out maybe they'll release it on consoles or something I don't know or, mobile games like this have often, from Square, been ported to Switch later, like uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen Pocket Edition and stuff like that. So, it's possible we could see it on Switch at some point, maybe. I'd I'd buy it on Switch.
1: I I would probably prefer it on Switch, but I'm I like, hey... I would definitely if-
0: prefer it on Switch, because everything's better on... I mean, if it's on a console versus a mobile phone, to me, it's just better on the console. I don't, I don't care what the console is. I'll buy it on my xbox or my ps5 or my switch
1: before i will buy it on mobile uh i i feel the same way not that i have anything philosophically against mobile it's just a
0: Hmm.
1: i I like bigger screens
0: yeah i'm kind of like that and i just like the interface better like I, i feel like if you actually can play with a controller and it's that's the normal way to play that that just works better
1: Uh, so we're actually finally out of news and booze. And uh, we could move on to the video game topic that was partially made up of uh, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I believe you have a theme to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, which theme does it say? Dance of the Desert Flower.
0: That actually is a theme that I wrote um, based on a desert flower from this game. Uh, primrose So is the, is the inspiration... For this tune, uh, I, I went. I was starting a thought project to write a bagpipe tune for every one of the eight travelers, and I've got, um, I've got three written. I, I wrote one for Olberic and one for Primrose, and one for Cyrus. Um, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get to the rest of them eventually. But uh, yeah, so another <laughs> another reason to play Octopath Traveler is it'll inspire you to play bagpipes, right? Uh...
1: I, I keep on hearing some weird, like blowing noise. Huh? That that was. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what That's that weird.
0: was. Um, it's recording separately for me on the stream as opposed to Discord. So theoretically, that should come out okay on the stream. So, if my bagpipes okay. sound weird on the stream, then let us know.
1: But Discord
0: uh, cuts in and out the mic based on noise activity. Uh, but um, oh, I I could hear should the just uh, be taking the the whole tune.
1: I could hear the bagpipes just fine. It's just there was also, like, a blowing noise in the background.
0: Okay, occasionally, like, uh, as though I was
1: exhaling through my nose? As though you were exhaling through your nose or letting out, like, a very quiet but very, like, drafty fart?
0: (laughs) That's possible, because when I'm circular breathing, I do... (laughs) blow through my nose so maybe I'll have to work on pointing my nose away from the mic or something I didn't think about that cause I mean who thinks about circular breathing
1: next to a microphone right you'll just have to stick some straws in there and angle them away
0: it <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious it's an, an right. amazing plan
1: <laughs> our uh, video game topic how many games can you or should you play at once
2: yeah, so uh, considering
1: a- the ridiculous amount of games you just played inside of one week.
0: Yeah, inside the last week. What is that, 13 games on that list, I think? That's a lot of games for one week for me.
1: Yeah, that, um, that is 13.
0: So I was wondering how many games you usually play in a week, if, if it's even close to that or if you uh, I, around games a lot or if you focus on one game more.
1: I usually play, uh, I'd say, three a week and those depend on basically who i've been playing with uh sometimes if i if i'm like on a kick i might binge on like a bunch of like kind of bite-sized games
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh but like as a late i've been playing a bunch of like good old standbys it's like oh super smash bros ultimate oh Dodo 2 oh mm-hmm. among us there you go uh
0: yeah, so I and, kind of I, I skip around more than I think I thought I did because <laughs> I was thinking about this,, uh, especially with getting a new console and like still being kind of in the new console experience for my Xbox as well. Uh, especially with Game Pass now, you know, because I can just, like, like, I've got so many games downloaded, too, that, like, I haven't played, I've got downloaded the original Resident Evil is on Game Pass, and, uh, Morrowind just got on Game Pass, so I downloaded that, and, uh, I've got Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth or something on, uh, my PC from Game Pass, and I've got all these games that I'm just like, yeah, I'll get to that eventually, probably, and I haven't got to a ton of them. And, you know, then I, because I I have some of my good standbys like you, like, um, I play Halo with my brother somewhat regularly, and I just bought Marathon 2, actually, on Xbox to play with my brother, because we used to play Marathon when we were growing up a ton before Halo was even released, um so that's how big of a halo fan i am i played halo before halo existed
1: i i kind of think my thing with playing like a whole bunch of games at once is that i always feel like whenever i start a game i want to give the game like its proper attention right yeah i want to be like i want to because there are so many Games out there, not just games, good games, like well thought out games, games yeah, that know. are willing to suck you in for like forty to fifty hours or more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I have tell
0: you how long my first playthrough of Octopath Traveler took then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, I feel like I have this enormous backlog of incredible games hmm. that I just don't have the time to get to. And I look at them and I'm like, which of these do I want to spend? like weeks of my life on mm-hmm. and I end up coming to the conclusion. Well, I could always go back to Dota 2 and play more of that because it's cause the I kind of the
0: truth of life because I, I regularly come back and like play Ocarina of Time again or, or like I said, yeah. Morrowind in now, <laughs> just like I just preplayed that last year, I, di- I didn't beat the whole thing. I've never beat the whole thing. I just like wander around and do shit forever and forget. There's a story and find dungeons and artifacts and bullshit.
1: Kind of one of the sad things about games being so popular uh, and attracting so much, like, bright, talented people who want to develop them and they go out and develop their own games mm-hmm. is that there are so many good games out there that you might, you, you'll never get a chance to, like, give all of them the attention they deserve. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit uh, so I'm like... I'm like, so I, I tend to fall into the pattern where I fall back on my old standby, but I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, hey, I want to sample. I want to sample these games. I kind of want to bounce yeah. around and play I this and this and this. I that I do
0: that more now that we're on the podcast, because like, before I might have waited till I was more done with Demon Souls or more done with Ghost of Tsushima to start Spider-Man, but I was like... Ooh, I have a podcast! I want to talk about games, so I want to, even if I only get to play this for like an hour, I just want to start it, so I've got something to talk about. And that's a funny, like, side effect of running a podcast, I find, that I'm just like... A lot of times, like right when I get a game, I'm just like, I need to play it just for a little bit, and then I'll put it back I on the back the burner. Yeah, and but then sometimes I like get hooked to something because I. That's what I thought with Ghost of Tsushima, and I haven't come back to Star Wars Squadrons in fucking a month and two months, <laughs> something like that. So I'm like, uh, I still like Star Wars Squadrons. I I want to come back to it at some point, but then I was like, you know, I got into some because I. One of the other things that I kind of do is I have like a game that I play when my kids are awake, and I have a game that I play when my kids are asleep, because my kids are in a, a an age group where they should not be seeing all of the things that I am playing. Basically, <laughs> they're four and six. I'm just like, yeah, you don't need to watch me play Demon Souls and Ghost of Tsushima right now. It's- I don't. I don't need that kind of traumatization in my child right now. <laughs> you so don't it's not that it's, in your childhood, right? So
1: it's I'm a sure. little intense for young kids. I remember uh, when I was six, and I for I was scared of the uh, Hyrule Field at night in Ocarina of Time because of right. the uh, skeletons that would come out. Yeah,
0: and they're a little. They're probably on par with the you know blood and gore of Doom Eternal, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, I oh man, I, I don't know, but I uh, I had a, a weird experience one time when I just got the last of Us part two and uh, there's a scene fairly close to the start that I didn't really see coming and I noticed that my kid was out of bed. As this scene was happening, and I don't know how much, if anything, they saw, but it involves a character just getting mercilessly beaten to death with a golf club. Beautiful. It is, like, that... one of the most graphically intense moments I've seen in a video game, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, did you watch that?
1: <laughs> I mean, the creator of the creator of Earthbound, uh, uh, apparently a lot of that game came from his childhood trauma of wandering into a movie where a woman was getting murdered and misunderstanding what the scene was about Uh, so I don't know maybe in like 30 years that'll be like inspiration for something it's like
0: back uh, when we were covering that uh, when the kids watching uh, Detective Pikachu like uh, I guess they put in the wrong movie and it was like some horror movie (laughs) (laughs) And I guess they caught it early enough that it wasn't that bad. But it's, it was like, oh, that could have been really awkward. Some R-rated gory horror flick or something was in the projector instead of Detective Pikachu.
1: That, that would have been a would have been bad for the uh, the timing there. Mm <laughs> hmm. See. Do we have uh, do we have any final thoughts on this one?
0: Um well, what do you think? Is is there a a correct amount or I I mean, I guess it kind of depends on on your personality as a gamer, but it like what is the is there a big benefit to playing all of these games at once for just little increments or is there a better benefit to playing like like really focusing on on the meat of one game at a time or or even just a a smaller
1: selection one or two games at a time i would make and i'm not i'm not fully convinced of this but i would make the argument that focusing on one game for a stretch one game or a few games for a stretch tends to give you a deeper understanding of how those individual games are put together
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and I feel like that's it, you, you. have more of a relationship with the game. You have more time to be like, "This game helped define a part of my life." Uh, whereas I feel like brushing against the surface of a bunch of games, like putting in a few hours here, a few hours here, a few hours there, I'm like, I don't think there's anything that' wrong with it. But it tends to give you tend to have less of a sense of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it and if you're like looking for like designs to compare against you're not gonna point out you're not gonna pick up on a lot of the finer details i feel like Mm -hmm. of course with a lot of these games that you listed here i'm like you you already had a pretty good sense of a lot of them because you'd uh, played them before
0: yeah because i'm replaying some and some are just like i was just playing multiplayer because like you guys were online and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll jump on a multiplayer game that doesn't take yeah. too long. You know, that, that'll be a fun little little break. So it's I don't necessarily always play this many games in a week, but I think this this week was like one of those one of those weeks that I have every now and then that I'm just like, how did I play that many fucking games in a week? Right, because I, I didn't play all of these for a extended length of time. You know, I I've like I think I played Demon Souls after my kids went to bed one night and then Ghost of Tsushima another night or or when my kids were in school or something. And then uh no more heroes I've been taken to work with me because I I usually have enough of a break that I can get a little bit of game time in on my Switch or whatever. And 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 so it's it's like bits and pieces here and there that I just I I have time for a little bit of gaming, so I'll I'll throw some in. Uh but I prefer to actually sit down and like really sink my teeth into one game at a time or a couple of games at a time. I don't mind having like two games at a time, uh, especially with my kids, because then I'm just like, oh, I could play like Immortals is it's, it's like rated teen, But the violence isn't that bad. And I th- I think I've played like three or four hours. and There's been like one swear word. So I'm like, whatever. It's not that bad for, for my kids to, you know. Yeah. be exposed to I, they probably hear
1: worse at school
0: so. yeah i'm sure you know my kids go to public school so yeah. yeah uh but you know and that so like if i can have like one game like that and then one game that i'm like really invested into at night uh then then that's kind of my sweet spot um but Sometimes I just am like, oh, yeah, I really want to try out this or or oh, I got to you know, something like that, which is what happened this week where I got gifted two games in a week. I got Immortals earlier in the week and I got uh, Miles Morales yesterday, so I just installed it and I didn't have any time to actually play it because I was playing D&D. Uh, and then I, th- I was going to think about like starting it or play Ghost of Tsushima, but then I saw you guys were online and then I then I played, you know, Among Us and shit. So, yeah. That's just kind of funny how that works. Uh, I I wonder also, there's a funny problem I have that comes of this sometimes, that um, especially with uh, playing some of these different action games that have totally different control schemes, but they play similarly other than the control schemes. Do you ever have, like, you're playing a game that's kind of similar kind of action-wise to another game, but it's got a different control scheme and you just keep pushing the wrong fucking button?
1: Uh, I've had that issue with the same game before where it (laughs) did it stopped figuring out that my controller it was a it's a switch pro controller. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually had this issue with both Celeste and uh, Duck Game Hmm. uh, where the mapping. uh, So with Celeste, I had an Xbox controller. I started out with that. And then that broke because apparently those CRAT controllers, the USB plugs on them, are apparently very fragile. Hmm. And I have dogs that love to pull them down to the floor with their tails. So uh, that no longer works. Uh, so I switched the Switch Pro controller, and the control, the, all the buttons are flipped around, but it's the same. Uh, it's this. It's it keeps the same like face button mapping. So it threw everything off, uh, and I also had that issue with that game where it was originally reading the Switch Pro controller and telling me what the face buttons were, and then it stopped reading it and gave them like numbered buttons, and also flipped mm. everything around just to make it confusing. <laughs> uh, so I was, so I it's I was having the muscle memory issues on the same game. <laughs> uh,
0: That's funny
1: with the same controller. Just because it wasn't getting read properly.
0: Yeah, Because um, I've been having this kind of issue with, um... Uh, Demon Souls specifically. You use the... Uh, R1 and R2 to attack. And, uh, The same with, uh, actually... With, um... Immortals. But... Um, in like most of the games I've been playing you use square and triangle to attack uh so I I keep like coming up to an enemy and like pushing square in demon souls and in in demon souls that's like your uh your item button so (laughs) and so I'm just like I run up to this zombie and instead of attacking him demon souls uh one of the one of the things I think probably is what people think it's hard for is once you're used to it, it's not that bad. But when you use an item, you literally just stand still. You can't move until you're done with the item action. And So uh, it turns around right, and murders you while you're eating At full health. <laughs> Or, or they're there you use like healing herbs or something so i eat a healing herb at full health it wastes my healing herb and then the zombie comes and punches me and i'm because i'm just standing there like a jackass i'm like ah damn every time i do it i see it but there's no cancel in this game which is another reason that uh, maybe it gets its reputation a little bit because I, I feel like if you could cancel that action it wouldn't be too bad because then I'd be like, oh, I saved my herb, and I dodged the attack, and I don't, you know, waste my herb and get punched like a fucking noob. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I pushed the wrong button. Um, but it's like, once you're used to it, it's not that bad. But but yeah, I gotta remember to, to use the, the shoulder buttons to attack instead of the face buttons. I'm like, sometimes that's
1: uh, Muscle memory. That's
0: yeah.
1: Uh, can't be nasty with those things. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, um, so is there any final thoughts? Or should we move on? I think
2: I think I said all I thought I was gonna say. Mm-hmm.
1: Alright. Then can we all right.
0: shall we move on to our table topic? I think this will be an
1: interesting yeah. topic. Play well. play us the Ulseers lair.
0: This is a song I wrote, uh or a tune I wrote, um, based on a pub that both of us went to. Um, so the all-seers were what they called the uh, the management staff at the uh, pub that we went to called the Great Hall of Abraxas. And they have sadly had to close their doors because of all the bullshit that happened Kobe. with the pandemic. So uh, this, is, this is dedicated to our old pub.
1: It was... I like the place. It was like a... It was like your friendly local card shop, your friendly local game shop, except uh, the people there were actually friendly. Yeah. Uh, And they had shitloads of meat on tap. And they had shitloads of meat on tap. And importantly, everyone there seemed to shower.
0: Yeah. Insanity, right? And they had also like a bunch of like uh, tabletop games and stuff that you could just borrow, which was cool. It was like the best nerd bar that has ever been. Yeah. Here's to them. Crowd goes wild. Uh, my dog's like, what the fuck
2: was that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's see. Table topic uh, for today is dealing with power gamers. How much to nerf and how much to buff your bad game. Guys, what other strategies to employ? Uh, and this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart as both a, like, unrepentant power gamer and somebody who runs games pretty regularly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought this might be a kind of an interesting, uh, discussion cause I don't run into this all the time, but every now and then I do where like one player is like super power gamey or a few players are like just more knowledgeable about the system. And so like, there'll be an imbalance in, player power not because like there's a level difference or anything but just because like some players are either more akin to power gaming or just know the system uh like in and out yeah in and out so that like oh we make a level one character i know the best statistical way to make the best fighter and then their damage output is like totally outclassing like the the new player all right, now I gotta learn how to actually healing grape. Game.
1: Got a healing grape? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching the YouTube stream as opposed to the Discord stream.
0: Oh, is that what I got out of that chest? I didn't look.
1: That was a healing grape. Cool. I, have a healing I didn't grape. know that was the healing item in this game. Uh, well, I I think you hit the nail on the head because I was just about to say the same thing. Is that I feel like the issue with power gaming isn't generally about power level of what one player like getting powerful but it's about the imbalance in the party and I think what in theory my favorite approach to dealing with that is just recruit the player who does the power gaming to help boost up all the other characters
0: yeah Yeah. actually that's that's a very good thought isn't it Um, yeah yeah especially when you're like if you're making characters at the start of a campaign or something that you know one player is like really good at that kind of thing that they can kind of walk the you know the newer player through uh so situationally i think that's that could be a a a good strategy to use i think um i'm not sure it it kind of has the same effect in an online world where most like most likely players are all making their characters separately with maybe the input of the GM or something. And then, you know, it it, it also... Power gaming is not necessarily all in the build. It also comes down to how well you actually know how to, uh, like, play the character once it's built as well.
1: Yeah, I would say the one... My, my one vibrating over issue. here even though I'm using the keyboard
0: it's like, <laughs> I'm like what the hell's going on <laughs> just
1: I would I would up, say one, my computer the one big issue with um uh, my my one big issue with 3.5 would be the tendency for everybody to like go off in separate corners and make their own characters when I feel like character building when you're playing a game together I feel like Character building together is one of like the good like group activities you can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, even though I love the character building mini game, and, like min-maxing my characters, it's like it's kind of a problem when when some people are going to be like, I'm going to do, I'm going to spend six hours building this character to be as overpowered as possible, and other pe- people are just like, man, I want to play, and then they get punished for you know just wanting to play essentially. Right. so not not a workable uh, solution in every circumstance i would say
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i'd say if you're doing if you're doing a first level characters and you're building them together then you could be like you can be like hey guy who's power gaming go help these other newer players or players who are less willing to concentrate on this once you're done with your character because i know you'll be done fast building a first level character. Uh go help them out and help them like be power gamey as well. And that's kinda mm. like a reward. That that's kinda like it helps out the DM and it's also kind of a reward for the power gaming player because then the whole party's stronger.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. That kind of works out. Um I had another kind of thought on this so uh what about when like the whole group is kind of power gamey uh how much do you kind of tool your characters to them or your uh your your like uh fights and challenges and things uh do you go out i try
1: i try to take the naturalistic approach uh which is basically characters like this don't come out of nowhere mm-hmm. if someone is if there's a group of people this strong then their chances are there are other that if they're seriously opposed by other groups those other groups are just as strong right yeah and i'm not like scaling my encounters to them necessarily but i'm also saying if you're if you have like let's say you figured out this trick you're like i have all these magic items and i figured out a way of stacking them on me and making myself really powerful. Naturally, uh, your opponents are going... You're naturally, a lot of them, um, your opposition, if you have a real opposition, is going to have figured out a way of staying relevant in that world. Unless you're like... Uh, what is it? Unless you're saying, hey, these characters are brand new exceptional, they're doing things nobody else has ever done before, which could be its own kind of thing. Uh, But I'm always, like, in in a world with magic where these things are possible, and uh, particularly with, like, immortality, there's gonna be, like, a bunch of, like, giant emperor overlord type creatures that will have figured out how to get to that level of power and then some yeah. So, if you're if you're talking about like dungeons or whatever, it's I I, I tend not to scale that at all. I'm like, well, oh, like oh your your random encounter was is easier. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fine. I, I don't I don't worry too much about that.
0: Yeah. Um. What if you're having a problem, like, literally in the middle of a session, and, sorry, I'm about to die here, so I'm I'm also trying to not die, Uh, but, uh. You should eat,
1: you should eat that healing grape.
0: Yeah, uh, luckily I'm a cleric, so I can, like, just, except for I'm blind. Oh, alright, now I'm not blinded anymore, that'll fucking help. (laughs) There we go.
1: That will help. If you're having a problem in the middle of a session.
0: Yeah. So if you're having a problem in the middle of a session, like, do you ever like kind of tweak your monster stats on the fly? Um, just kind of like, Oh, these guys are face rolling the entire dungeon. Do you ever just like, Oh yeah, he had, he didn't have 15 hit points. He had 35 or, or, you know, (laughs) whatever, just to make it a more interesting challenge in the
1: moment. Uh, I no, I've never done that. I'm kind of philosophically opposed to doing that. Obviously, you do like like if you're running a game, you do the style you want to do. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, no. The pl- I I wrote this thing down. I feel like I don't want to adjust the difficulty up because I feel like the players are getting to it too easily. I just want to take that lesson to it into an account for like future parts of the game. <laughs> uh, and. But I also feel like a good alternative to that would be like, hey, I have some reward mechanic. I can be like, I can be like, hey, guys, this seems like really easy for you Uh, as like a metagame thing. Do you want me to like make this like three times as hard, but also give you like an action point or whatever for it?
2: Yeah. And I feel like handling
1: I I feel like with the power gamey type people that most of the time they'll be like, Yeah, let's let's we can we can still kick their ass at three times as powerful and we'll get an action point. Mm. So it's kinda like a win win, I feel like. And I, I favor I, I I tend to I tend to be very explicit with um those kinds of things. I tend to I, I'm a all rolls out in the open uh kind of all rules out in the open when i make decisions like that i usually tend to be very open about them i don't want to uh i don't want to be deceptive about it i guess which again there uh, there's nothing inherently wrong with i I don't think there's anything morally wrong or inherently wrong with doing it the other way but this is a personal thing
0: yeah for me uh i do that I will admit it as a DM. I do that sometimes, but it's not (laughs) it's not necessarily because I feel like as a response to power gaming most of the time when I do that, I feel like it's because uh, I kind of it's it usually comes up because our group is so sporadic of like how many people are there at a time. So sometimes I'll like make encounters in my prep that are like assuming x difficulty level right and then two people will show up instead of five so i'll be like okay scale this back everybody does a little less damage has a little lower hit points stuff like that and then sometimes like eight people will show up and i'll be dming for eight people so then i'll that's when i'll so uh do you ever do that kind of thing or, or do you just throw in more enemies? Sometimes I'll do that, too, instead of instead of literally tweaking their stats on the fly, I'll just be like, oh, uh, there's, instead of four kobolds, there's twelve kobolds or some shit.
1: So, typically, um, when I'm running a game, uh, I, I, I haven't I, I haven't run 3.5 for, oh my god, like, oh, a long time. I haven't run 3.5 in a long time, but, um, Typically, in the games I run these days, there's kind of the expectation that you're going to bring like followers along,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that you're going to bring like people who can as- extra people who will assist you. So, you're going to have so the expectation is that uh, I, I would is that or and you'll also have like multiple player characters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the expectation I would just be like if there were only two people showed up, I would be like, whatever you guys are, can bring your extra player characters in and your henchmen and whatever, uh, and play them all at once. So you have a winning chance at surviving. And then if it was a more normal group, it'd be like, okay, one player character and whatever your hench, whatever your henchmen are, or like your followers or add ons are. And then if mm-hmm. it's extra, I feel like if you go from four to eight players, is less of a it's almost less of a thing than going from like two to four players right it's like the power difference isn't as dramatic Mm -hmm. and in that case it would be like oh larger groups make more noise so i'm not gonna like adjust the stats of the monsters on the fly but maybe monsters in the other room notice and they cluster up for a bigger battle Mm -hmm. Or like, uh,
0: I I was put to sleep and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be bad. But then they it it wakes you up apparently when you take damage.
1: Take damage. Yeah, so that's good.
0: <laughs> I wasn't totally fucked.
1: Nope. So if you're trying to think about like, uh, like just party numbers, I try not to. Uh, I'm like in in the game game style I run these days it's more like the expectation is very much if you're running in a smaller group you're supposed to be more cautious random encounter charts are not designed with like necessarily balance in mind it's just yeah there, it used to be there was like charts you could roll on where it was like you would have to roll for if you rolled bandits uh, you could run into on average like 150 bandits Mm -hmm. and at like even if you're all like a bunch of level four characters or whatever that's still a really scary situation the expectation is that you play cautious and you'd be like okay well how much money can are they asking from us for and how much can we hide from them without you know getting stomped kind of shit Mm mm-hmm and then if they want to turn around and fight, well, you know, that's their prerogative. Yeah, but but then again, if uh, you had eight players show up and they were playing multiple player characters, and then they all had henchmen and they all had like pets and stuff, Holy then it damn might be. Crit me. Fuck. I
0: have to drink. Ooh, damn! Game over. Those guys were hard. They oh. had a bunch of fucking hit points. I was hitting them for a lot longer than I was hitting the other
1: enemies in here. So yeah that's kind of shitty but that's all right ophelia might be kind of a uh, tough start
0: it yeah, might be i'm not sure because like i uh i remember the the old trope was the four white mages and and ophelia's literally the white mage so <laughs> I, d- I don't know how this will go exactly it, it, it has been nice to be able to just heal myself but like with that i was like i should be able to survive a turn and then he just crit me and i was like oh bad luck. Yeah, sometimes RNG will get you anyways, yeah. Because these wolves aren't too bad. Uh-oh, I was caught by surprise. But those bat things, yeah, just took a bunch of fucking hits.
1: Just kinda kicked your ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, So what would you, uh... What's your take on that?
0: Um... On...
1: On that uh, approach.
0: Uh, which the thing that I said or what?
1: The uh, so it's you. You were talking about um, like having wildly different players showing up to the session, wildly different numbers of players.
0: Yeah. So like I said, and- I kind of like tweak encounters on the fly. I kind of tweak stats on the fly conditionally. Like if I know that you're just gonna face roll the boss. I want to make the boss a more interesting encounter a lot of the time so I will just be like all right he's got a little higher saves or or if I know that like I like if if I see that the group is actively struggling to like fight some of these weaker enemies then you know maybe I'll scale them back a little bit take you know so I I kind of Which is a little bit more to my style of DMing anyways. I I do a lot on the fly. Like, a lot more than I actually even do in my prep in the first place. Uh, Which is to my benefit and my detriment sometimes, because sometimes I have to rely on that, I feel like. Because I I forget to prep something, or I, I prep something stupidly that makes it too powerful to legitimately fight at this level, or stuff like that. I think I found a secret direction here. Sweet. Oh yeah. Up
1: here I can get this. Bar. Yeah, and that's that is definitely like a stylistic difference. Where mine is my preference is um, kind of presenting the game world as like a world that exists independent of the player characters. It's like a world that does not care about the player characters. Even if I, as like a DM, I'm like, I want them to have fun. Mhm. I'm like... the My idea is... Oh yeah, treat it as like... Everything is like a real problem that you can deal with in like... A fair... in... A number of different ways, and you should be solid.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah, I kind of like to look at it that way to an extent, um, but I, I also am lazy during my prep. <laughs> like you've read my prep notes from different things; it's, I, it's everything's I have read written your prep in shorthand. Notes. I don't fully stat out monsters. I'm just like I give it hit points and saving throw modifiers and attacks. That's all I need.
1: <laughs> I uh, yeah, I I don't. I did write up a thing for. Pathfinder, where I called it the Pathfinder Rosetta Stone, where it was just, oh yeah, this is the shorthand for writing out monster stats. If that has a special ability. You're you're the fucking DM. You know how a special ability works. hmm It's it, you don't need everything to have like a precise rules interaction because that, honestly, if you're not a player, who cares? Uh, shit's, uh, mm-hmm. That should that is just going to limit you if you're running the game. Mm-hmm like, if if the player is like, oh, but is it this kind of thing? Then come up, you can be kind of figure out an answer.
2: Mm-hmm. You, you don't
1: even have to make one up. You can be like, oh yeah, it's similar to like this ability, so yeah, it is this kind of thing, or no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh. Hey, look, I can buy shit. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm like, so yeah, being lazy with prep is the right way of doing things i think
0: yeah
1: at at least being lazy with like stat blocks who cares yeah it's oh yeah you you know what hit points are you know what fucking ac is you can give it a plus to saving throw you could give it the same plus to every saving throw and it wouldn't matter most of the time
0: this bastard
2: We don't like, fuck you! It huh.
1: you broke it. You did. Mother,
0: break is very important. Get used to breaking. I mean, <laughs> when you get around to playing this game,
1: I must break you. Yes,
0: I, Garland, will knock you all down.
1: I mean, break you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they really need to do is re-release uh, the first Final Fantasy on uh, Steam
0: wouldn't be bad yeah i i, I yeah. was thinking the other day of uh because i i actually actually i was streaming that a little while ago on my nes classic and i would love to have it on like my switch or something instead uh final fantasy one like even if it was just another like if they put it on like nintendo switch online that would be awesome i would not i would love that
2: uh, yeah but,
0: uh, also they've made plenty of good remake versions of it too they made it on um Game Boy Advance as well as, uh, PlayStation 1. They did the same. I I think that was the same remake. They just ported it to Game Boy Advance later, but it was, it was a really good, uh, port or, or a really good, uh, version of it because it was like, I feel like you still got the classic feeling, but it, it had a couple of easy quality of life changes and stuff like that. Um, Made it like you started with a like starting equipment and more gold because at the start of the original Final Fantasy on the NES, you had to grind for like forever just to buy a fucking like armor and shield and spells and things. And it, it the the remake started you with just more stuff and it it, it used the system instead of a spell slot system, which I think in a video game just works a little easier.
1: Yeah, I'm like... Spell slot system was... It's interesting how the spell slot system came to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like... It's not even... Vancy, it's like Vancean casting was a very specific... Mm-hmm. Uh, style of magic that came from one author's work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so... that it, it is interesting how dnd style casting came along but
0: i love how the the heal spells in this game are called heal wounds and heal more
1: heal more yes is there heal lots and also heal plenty
0: no it's it's just the two of them um oh at, least, at get... least for this class. There's also the uh, the apothecary class can also do healing abilities, but they're uh, not magic. Techni- this is called something else. Um, they're apothecary abilities instead of cleric abilities. But they, they do similar things. But it's kind of cool, actually, because there's two healing classes, but they feel totally different because the apothecary heals one target at a time and the cleric heals uh, all targets multiple targets and uh, so I think that's kind of cool that they they have two classes that are very similar in style but they play totally differently I think it's (laughs) a great design I'm trying to decide what I should get Luminescence. that's not bad I've got the the one I've got the holy light damage to a single foe spell already I might get heal more cuz just to increase my survivability without spending my boost points. Um cuz there's I'll probably get heal
1: more eventually, right? Yeah. Well, I guess I guess I mean, it's I'll whatever get, is. Useful I'll get all to of you. them
0: eventually is how the game works. But
1: <laughs> is Luminescence an AoE?
0: Yeah, luminescence is to all foes. It's like my holy light, but it hits
1: everybody. Because... that that might be better now, for I don't you at least if this
0: boss is like has any adds or anything so that might be
1: Yeah. Good.
0: But also being able to augment my elemental defense might or or reflect an elemental attack might be good too because I yeah, so, again I don't remember what the boss is going to be like
1: Probably so, either one of sure those. For
0: damage or healing.
1: Uh I would I I would prioritize damage if you're a solo character. I feel like you can burst them down oh. faster yeah. than, uh, all right. Yeah. It. All right. We're saving too late now. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on power gaming, nerfing players or boosting foes?
0: Um, not or specifically, o- or other but, uh, wh- um, real quick, just one more kind of thing. What if you have like literally one character, that is way out damaging the rest because of some particular power game th- thing they've done. Is there ever a point at which you ask that player character to like or that, that player to redo their character or or play differently somehow so that they're not hilariously outclassing everybody or or how do you deal with that?
1: Uh, are, are you thinking of any particular examples, boss or somebody like that?
0: Um, particularly uh, when we were playing the Vikings campaign, my brother Dan had a cohort that uh, our buddy Owen had created a homebrew class that was mostly just for his use uh, in the DM side of things. That he had some of his uh, like enemies had used this class, and it was I, I forget exactly what it was, but it just like. Like, the cohort, because it was a cohort taken with leadership, was two levels below us, and all of our melee characters were, like, totally outclassed by this. And uh, it came to the point that, like, it was partially to the the problem that I think Owen decided was that the class was just made unbalanced. And so, as the as the homebrew maker, he ended up tweaking the class at the end of the day but um okay. if you have that sort of a thing because I've, I've I've seen stuff like that maybe not to that extent or maybe in slightly different scenarios like where you've got like uh, just just one character is doing like a buttload of damage because of some cheese they're doing uh, is there every time that you step in and and fix the cheese
1: uh it depends mm. on... Basically it depends on uh, how the other players feel, kind of, which mm. sounds like a cop out answer, but for me, um it's uh I'm like, well you have like the big biggest, baddest damage dealer in the party. Is that is he are are the other characters focused about around doing other things? Is like one character's like a damage dealer and then like another character is like playing a super hard support? type character and one character like an aoe tank of some sort then everyone's master of their own domain and they still work cohesively as a group but if everyone is like we're all damage dealers we're like all dps and one dps is the super dps um and they're like outclassing them like by a huge margin uh it, and also, in this case, it was homebrew. So I'm like, homebrew is always subject to... I, I feel like should always be subject to tweaking. And you should yeah. go and do... If you're a player and you're playing homebrew, you should go and do a game and be like, alright, this character is subject to... is going to be subject to tweaking because it hasn't... This, this is kind of a playtest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like... I'm always very hesitant to be like... nerf this character. Or like, nerf this class or nerf this ability or whatever Uh because it feels like i'm taking the i'm taking the fun away from the player after they put in the effort to make it work a certain way uh so but i'm always like uh sometimes it's necessary sometimes it's oh this character does 200 damage every turn as like an automatic thing and well the rest of our characters are like doing 20 to 30 Mm-hmm. It's clearly, something and, and and they're all like like the other DPS focused characters like doing twenty to thirty. Clearly, something is off here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and sometimes sometimes I would say the other way around is that, uh, and, and de- depending on the campaign, it could be like just one character is like, oh, I'm doing my job where I'm like. I do enough damage to kill but particularly for like high level d 3.5 d, d, where the melee character is like, my job is I kill a target a turn because this is how combat works at high levels.
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: you can't do that, you're not performing up to standard. Maybe the other characters need a buff. The other damage dealing characters, that is. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I think that's largely all I got to say about that.
1: Okay. No, uh, no riffing on that?
0: Um, no, yeah, it's, I more or less agree with you. It's just, like, it, it's a really situational thing, uh, that I would, like, maybe step in. But in general, I think, yeah, just, like, bringing up the... Like you were saying at the start of the conversation, it's it would be better to bring up other players to the power gamer's level if possible.
1: Yeah, if it's, like, a thing that makes sense to do. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be, like, wacky edge cases where the power gamer's like, oh, I figured out a way to gain infinite strength. And then you as DM have to be like, all right, uh, good for you for finding that, but I can't, I can't let that in the game because then you just... The other players can be like, why am I even here? Why am I even playing?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I guess that brings us mostly to the end of the thing
1: here. Uh, Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, Let's see. Do I have a particular thing I want to get up and show you? I need to, I, I actually need to make like a list. I need to go back through all of the podcasts
2: <laughs> right, back see when what, we were
1: getting well, together, see all of the things out, I brought, yeah. and then compile a list. Because I'm not sure what things I have over there mm-hmm. uh, that I want to show off uh, that I haven't already showed off before. Yeah, I do know that I showed off the Stygian library a couple weeks ago, but that was a brand new book mm-hmm. that I had just ordered. So, uh, no, no, no things from me.